Good morning, everyone. Um, I am recording a pod class that goes along with a document that I'm attaching to this um, to the link. So if you go on Google Classroom, hopefully you're there already, and you look at the stream, you'll see that there's a pod class link. And then there is a um, document that's titled Rocks and Minerals Study Guide. So I'm going to give everyone a second to open up that document, the document that's called Rocks and Minerals Study Guide. So when you notice, when you open it, you'll notice it says Unit 2. Um, we are clearly not in Unit 2. We are, I don't even know where we are. We are in Topic um, 12. Took me a second to remember where we are. Not in Unit 2. Um, this is clearly from a school that uses a different sequencing than we do, but that's totally fine. It's still a Regents material, which is what we need. Um, so moving along, I'm going to go step by step. So the first thing I want to look at is page two. Page two on this study guide is identical to the back cover of the ESRT. And notice they actually only cropped it out and only gave us the top part, but that's fine. So the last page of the ESRT is called Properties of Common Minerals. When I look at this chart, at the top, you have all of the characteristics or properties of minerals. So we learned that one property of a mineral is luster. Luster is how shiny it is, how much it reflects light. The next property is hardness. Hardness is the Mohs scale, M-O-H-S scale. Mohs scale is how hard the mineral is. Then you have cleavage versus fracture. Cleavage means the mineral breaks into flat planes. Fracture means that the mineral breaks. If I were to drop the mineral on the floor, it would break into uneven, chunky pieces. It would not be flat. It would not be like rectangular prisms. Then you have the colors, then you have characteristics, then you have uses, then you have composition. Composition is chemical composition. That's what elements are in that particular mineral. So let's look at graphite. What element is in graphite? It's C. Well, I need to look at the bottom of that ESRT page in case you don't know what C is. C stands for carbon. Moving on to the next page, they actually gave us another printout of that. So I'm looking at page three of the study guide. And there's a bunch of minerals that that person is holding. On the regions, you are not expected to know the name of each mineral. But looking at those minerals in that person's hand, you should be able to say some things. So look at those minerals. First of all, you can obviously say the different colors, right? Then there's some minerals. There's a clear one particularly that I'm looking at that looks like it's very flat. Remember the minerals that have flat sides, those have cleavage. Then there's a bunch of minerals. For example, I'm looking at the one that looks like gold. That's actually called pyrite. That gold one looks really chunky. It looks really uneven. When it's chunky and uneven, we call that fracture. So there's some things that you should be able to understand from looking at them, but you are not actually expected to, the, to know the names of them. Um, looking at the next page of the study guide, I'm looking at page four. It tells you what is a mineral. Then it tells you a little bit about shapes. You don't need to know too much about shapes, except you need to know that the shape of the mineral is dependent on the arrangement of the atoms in the mineral. So depending on how those atoms are arranged, you're going to get different shapes. You might get something that looks like a tetrahedron. Do you need to necessarily know what the tetrahedron is? No, but you should know that the atoms inside that mineral make that shape. Okay, moving on to page five.
Ooh, it just told me what I just told you. What determines a mineral's properties? It's the internal arrangement of the atoms. That's what gives us those properties. We need to know luster. Okay, metallic means it looks like gold or silver. It's shiny. If it doesn't have, if it's non-metallic, that means it does not look like gold or silver. It is not shiny. Let's scroll back to page three. Look at those minerals in that person's hand. Can you identify which ones look like gold or silver? Those would have a metallic luster. Can you identify the ones that don't look like gold or silver? Those would have a non-metallic luster. Moving on to page six of the study guide, we're now looking at ESRT page six. We're looking at the igneous rock classification. This is a chart that you already watched a video on. This chart's a little bit confusing. Um, maybe this will give you a little bit more understanding. So this chart moves from left to right, but it also moves from top to bottom. Let's put our finger on obsidian. Find obsidian, okay? Moving from left to right. If I put my finger on obsidian and I move to the left, I find out that obsidian is an extrusive volcanic rock. That means that obsidian was formed after a volcanic eruption, okay? The lava cooled quickly and it formed obsidian. The next thing I know moving to the right is that obsidian has a non-crystalline crystal size, okay? Obsidian does not have crystals. I also noticed that the texture of obsidian is glassy, okay? It resembles glass. And I also find out that it has a non-vesicular texture. Vesicular rocks kind of look like someone stabbed them with a pencil a bunch. They have little tiny holes in them. So if you see an, an igneous rock that has a ton, ton of tiny little holes, that is vesicular or also known as gas pockets. Obsidian does not have that. Obsidian is non-vesicular. Next thing I need to do is I put my finger on obsidian again. Now I move my finger down. I find out that obsidian is generally lighter. It has a generally lower density. And it's generally felsic. Felsic means it's rich in certain elements. In this case, rich in silicone and rich in aluminum. I keep moving my hand down. What elements appear in obsidian? Potassium feldspar, quartz, got a little bit of plagioclase feldspar, look at those color codes, got a little bit of biotite, and got a little bit of amphiboly. So those are the different minerals that make up obsidian. Just to remind ourselves, minerals make up rocks. Okay, rocks do not make up minerals. Minerals make up rocks. So the rock we're looking at is obsidian. It's an igneous rock. And the minerals that make it up are potassium feldspar, quartz, plagioclase feldspar, biotite, and amphiboly. Moving on to page seven of the review, it tells us a little bit about how igneous rocks are formed, okay? Where do they form? They can either form inside the earth's crust, those are called intrusive, or they can form on the exterior of Earth's crust. Those are called extrusive. Intrusive inside, extrusive outside. What does vesicular mean? Gas pockets. They are little holes left in the gases, left by the gases in the rock during cooling. So looking at that rock on page Eight. That rock is actually obsidian. It's what we just looked at. So notice obsidian is really pretty. It's black. Okay. 
Obsidian looks glassy. Do you see a bunch of little tiny holes in obsidian? No. So that means it's non-vesicular. It does not have gas pockets. Moving on to page nine of the review. Um, it wants you to practice using ESRT page six, igneous rocks. So it gives you some examples. Feel free to do that. It asks you what felsic means. So felsic means light in color, low density, high in silicone aluminum. Do you need to memorize that? No, please do not memorize it. It is straight from page six of the ESRT. Cool. Now we're moving on to sedimentary rocks. Okay, we're now looking at the sedimentary rock chart on the ESRT. This one seems to always be easier for student, students than the igneous rock one. It asks how sedimentary rocks are formed. Clastic is an important term we need to know. Clastic means made up of broken rocks. There's different little baby rocks inside of the big rock. When I think of clastic, I think of the sidewalk in front of I-73. You may have noticed walking around there that there's a bunch of tiny little rocks inside of the sidewalk. Okay, those are broken rock fragments. So this term clastic means made up of small broken rock fragments. Look at those images on the right. Those are both clastic rocks. You can actually point to the little tiny rock fragments inside of the bigger rock. Tells us a little bit about sedimentary rocks again. I'm not going to get too deep into this because we didn't do too much with sedimentary rocks yet, but feel free to keep this for a review. Then we move on to metamorphic rocks. Once again, this chart seems to be easier than igneous. We start with igneous every year because I think it's the most challenging and I like to get it out of the way. Sedimentary and metamorphic typically are simpler for us to understand. Looking at page 15 of the review, you must know metamorphic rocks are formed by heat and pressure. I always think of HP like the brand that does like computers and printers and stuff. HP, heat and pressure. Metamorphic rocks are formed by heat and pressure. And then it tells us more about metamorphic rocks, which for now I'm going to skip because we did not get too deep into metamorphic rocks, but I want to look at page 18 of the review. Page 18 of the review is an important page because it's the rock cycle diagram. So looking at this diagram, you need to be able to follow the arrows. I want to look at sedimentary rock. I'm going to put my finger on sedimentary rock. What arrows point to sedimentary rock? How are sedimentary rocks formed? Okay, well, there's an arrow that's going down towards sedimentary rock. So one answer for how is a sedimentary rock formed could be compaction and or cementation. There's another arrow that goes to sedimentary rock, and it's coming from the metamorphic rock. But there's no wording there. So I'm not going to actually list that one because it doesn't have any words next to it. What if they asked, what, how is a metamorphic rock formed? Well, let's look at the arrows that point to metamorphic rock. We got heat and pressure. We got metamorphism. Is there anything else that's pointing to metamorphic? I don't believe so. The number one thing about this chart is make sure you're looking at the right arrows. So which, which arrows are pointing to what you're looking for, okay? Moving on, contact metamorphism we'll talk a little bit about later. Um, last page, 21. 
Once again, questions about the rock cycle diagram. These are questions that you don't need to memorize answers to. You might by this time kind of have an idea how, how, sediment, how, to, how are sediments formed. Well, we learned about weathering and erosion and deposition, WED. You have a rock, it gets broken down, weathered down into smaller sediments. So how are sediments formed? Weathering and erosion. But in case you didn't know that, you are able to use that rock cycle diagram to help you with that question. And that's it for now. So what I would like for you to do is to listen to this podcast, which you've already done, and to really go over the pages of this of this study guide that pertain to minerals and igneous rocks. We have not really studied sedimentary and metamorphic yet. So I would hold off on sedimentary and metamorphic. But please make sure that you are looking through minerals. You are able to use that last page of the ESRT and you're looking at the igneous rock chart. Let me know if you have any questions. Have a great day.